I, I don't want to talk because you weren't recording me. Wait. No, I was recording you. You were recording me? Yeah. Well, welcome to WV Popcon, <laughs> Wasting Our Talent. Yes. Well, to- I was wasting mine. You weren't recording, but yeah. you don't have any. Yeah, you're right. Here we are. West Virginia Popcon. Can you hear the atmosphere in the background? Mm-hmm. We it's not just a recording. This is real. Real life. Surrounded by millions of people. No. I would like a to lot. think. I mean, millions of people. That's a... Millions. There'd be people on top of us right now if there was millions here. Jed is here on top of us. Yes, he is. Say hi, Jed. And now Roger is hi. too. And Roger's here. All right. Cool. <laughs> we got some smashing going on. Well, it's a good time. That's great. Yeah. You're ruining our intro. He, you he, piece he, of shit. <laughs> good. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what's ruining it. So t- tell, tell us about this episode that we're about to drop. Um, we have a bunch of people. I thought I knew a number, but I didn't. I didn't realize that we recorded so many already. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, like an hour and a half at least, if not more, of interviews, So, which is pretty cool because it's just a combination of a bunch of different vendors and some people that we actually just pulled in. Um, I think Jed interviewed some cosplayers too yeah. yesterday. Um, so, yeah, and I pulled in Sean from Worst Kept Secret and I forced him onto the microphone. My biggest, <laughs> my biggest fan. I interviewed Roger, so you can go ahead and fast forward through that part. Yeah, that'll be at the very end. Yeah. It'll be okay. Sorry. That'll be after the music at the end. Just kidding. We'll put it in there somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're at uh, PopCon 2019. It's been fun so far. What's the craziest thing you've seen so far, Josiah? I don't know if we can say it on the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think we should. I don't know if we should. What's the second craziest thing you've seen? Where we're talking about cosplayers. What's the, what's the coolest cosplay you've seen so far? Yeah, I saw Jack Sparrow. I did see Jack Sparrow a little bit ago. The coolest or worst? The coolest. From where I'm sitting right now, I see Kim Possible. Mm-hmm. I see. I saw a stormtrooper earlier, full out stormtrooper. I. I feel bad because I don't know the names of most of these people, but so I recognize the Kim all. The Possible one is really solid. Fat yeah. Thor, though, I think. Fat Thor is good. I think Fat Thor takes it for me this year. We've I, had, today's Fat we've Thor. Seen yesterday's two Fat, fat Thor. Yeah. Both of them were really good. Today's is amazing. Though. Yeah. Yesterday's looked more like the dude from Big Lebowski. Anyway, I think mine might have been. I, I'm really digging on that Rick Sanchez. I saw Freddie Mercury. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. You carry the microphone around? No, I, I think didn't. we should have Daniel cosplay as a happy, successful human being. So yeah, that's going to take a lot of work. I would need to take acting classes I mean, for that. we have a whole year to prep for it, though. True. Next year. Next year. What if we, like, spike your hair a little bit and bleach it in the front? You could be in a boy band. I mean, I'm already kind of in a boy band. Or I'll, cos- I'll get a wig and cosplay as you, and you put on a bald cap and cosplay <laughs> as me. That's what we'll do next year. We'll do that. So it still won't be a successful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about that. Successful still or happy. Sad. Still sad. Still sad. You'll have to get one of those canes to feel your way around. Feel my way around. Yeah, by this time next year, you might need, you know. Get, the, get like, the Ray Charles glasses. <laughs> yeah. so All right. Yeah. Well... We hope you enjoyed this episode. We yeah. had a lot of fun recording it. Mm-hmm. So far, we'll see what today brings. So, but here's everybody from yesterday and today. Hey, we're live from PopCon, and today we have, well, today, obviously, we have a lot of people. <laughs> but we have 
<laughs> Loving West Virginia, and I know a lot of people out there have probably heard of you guys. We tried to get you on last year at PopCon, but it was so stinking busy. Yeah, we had our, we had our, I think then one-year-old son mm-hmm. here with us in the in the carrier. So, uh, so leaving my wife and the son back there yeah. <laughs> to run the booth and yeah. to buy stuff and uh, and and keep him contained was was a little tough to make it up this way, but got my brother down there now running it so yeah so we're good so tell us about your business i know people have heard about you but yeah tell us everything so uh so we are loving west virginia loving wv.com on instagrams and facebooks and all that um so i uh so my wife had a had a job right right outside of uh right outside of college um in dc so we moved uh, we moved up to DC right after that, and, and she always tells me she's like, you can't stay still. You can't just like set around. You always have to be doing something. So I was like creating things and wanting to do stuff, and I was like uh, made a couple designs and, and threw it out there as kind of like a missing home type type thing. Yeah. Um, so just put stuff out there. People liked it. We did a you know a run of like 50 shirts of one of our uh, one of our original designs and uh, you know six six years later we just moved back to Morgantown about five months ago um, and and now I'm now we're here working and and she runs the business you know during the day and I'll, and we do these these weekend gigs now so. so do you do you have a storefront yourself or do you just do everything online no so we have roughly you know it's it, we don't know how many actively have our stuff in them but but roughly between um, 30 and 60 stores across the state carry oh, wow. our stuff. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we have stuff in, in Tamarack and along the um, along the interstate there uh, in Morgantown here. So um, does Hoot and Howe? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah, yeah Hoot and Howe in Morgantown uh, carries most of our stuff. Um, and then, you know, smaller stores across mm-hmm. the state. Yeah. yeah, so we don't have a store now. I'd really like to. Like to do a storefront. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's... Cost. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's a big thing. So the house that we bought in Morgantown, maybe someday mm-hmm. we have a garage that I don't really have anything in yeah. that maybe one day we'll do something with. That's kind of the hope. Um, but for now, just online, just and, online. Then, and then small stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how we did our studio. My brother Michael, his yeah. house, okay, um, had a basement apartment. My mm-hmm. sister lived in it. She moved to Tennessee, oh. so he was like, "Well, I can rent it out." And then we started the company, and he's like, "We need a studio space," and we're like. Just do it here. It, there's no cost, no overhead. It's like better to do it that way. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and, and that's and that was kind of the like. It's so weird that like once you kind of get in, the, the, like the business mindset of like mm-hmm. you know you really want to do it and you like and act, every decision that you make ends up like being like, well, how's this gonna affect yeah. my side thing? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like the day job doesn't matter. The but. the whatever responsibilities you know kind of goes up you're like so like whenever we bought our house we're like well this could be a store someday mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's like i mean last last year after starting the business and then everything started rolling like i noticed that like this kind of took precedence over my job and then that led to me losing my job <laughs> so i'm just like just do this full time oh so i haven't worked since that's awesome See, and that's what and that's what i hope for yeah that we get to because mm. you know i so my day job i love and mm. it's you know I, I work remote um out of our house and uh, 
so it's it's a it's a really good gig, mm-hmm. um, and it, insurance is always the you know we have we have one kid and one on the oh, way, yeah. so that's always yeah, the that's... like you know <laughs> yeah. makes makes it tough to like make that big step. Yeah, but it's always a, a nice like safety net if we were mm-hmm. ever to like you know if it, something were to go south and we mm-hmm. you know it's it's always nice to like have that. Yeah, too. And you guys have you guys have really grown since yeah. since starting. Yep. For sure. Since that's awesome. Actually, this past week, we went over 10,000 listens I on Wasted, which I was, like, stoked whenever we went over 1,000. Uh-huh. And I was, like, freaking out about that. And then it's kept growing, and I'm like, is it going to? Because I wanted to, my goal was to reach 10,000 before PopCon. Yeah. And it happened. So. Yeah. And, but, and then it's like, and then, like, your goals kind of, like, keep. Yeah. You keep out expecting what you would do. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like. If I would have thought that we would have been six years going and been in a bunch of like, no yeah. way would I have ever thought <laughs> yeah. that of like these silly little designs that like I was selling to my friends. Yeah. And like I see people that I don't know wearing stuff and I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And your, your pepperoni roll shirts. I know a lot of people that I think a friend of mine got one last year and a lot of people have asked her where she got it <laughs> because of that. And those are my favorite because I always forget that because it's so common in West Virginia, yeah. That you got a state like people are like, What the fuck is pepperoni girl? Like, exactly, that? and that's I love that design. So, and the, and the stuff that you sent and uh for the giveaway, some of the yeah. pepperoni roll, oh, great, too. yeah, yeah. So. And so, like, on, on top of that, so we also have another business that we acquired, uh, uh Wild and Wonderful Box, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, we run that too, that, okay. that's kind of like my wife's uh baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than our now, actual is that babies. Like, a, like a monthly subscription type thing or no it's just like a gift box service so we really don't do much with it until uh, Christmas time okay. comes so they just like order and you send a gift box to yeah yeah okay. so so we were you know we were kind of going around and like at all these craft shows and at popcons and like these these events and stuff you you end up talking to a lot of like small businesses that do really really cool stuff mm-hmm. and we didn't think that our store like we didn't want it to be, we wanted it to just be our stuff. We didn't want it to be like a, you know, a whole bunch of other things that were yeah. in it. So that was kind of what spurred, um, you know, one of our friends opened up, what a wonderful box, and he wasn't doing anything with it, and and we kind of like worked worked out a deal with him to kind of take that over. Mm-hmm. So now it's a way for us to like support other artists and other like small businesses. So. Um, so what all do you do? You put in these boxes to sell? Yeah, so we do uh, we do some like missing home uh, boxes, which are like some people who make like soaps and lotions mm-hmm. and and uh, like self care products. So like there's some of those. There's some apparel boxes that are some of them have loving WV stuff in it. Some have some other people's items. Uh, Lost Appalachia's in there. Um, and then uh, talking about pepperoni rolls, that was that was another. Th- so we sell Chico's pepperoni rolls in Morgantown, mm-hmm. and we ship them like all across the country, which is really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and it's wild too, because mm-hmm. you're like, why does somebody yeah. in, uh, you know, uh, New Hampshire, yeah, <laughs> like want well, pepperoni I mean, did, rolls? Whenever that, because there was a story on the like national news about pepperoni rolls. Yeah. Now, whenever that happened, did you notice like an uptick in any of that? Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, yeah, that was kind of a big, that was kind of a big uh, surge of stuff, and it's mm. slow. It's you know, if we did that again this year, that'd be great. Yeah. But that that one story kind of took it off because mm. then that that opens up to people who are like, what's this like local food thing mm-hmm. that like didn't have this like 
because a lot of people were like they used to live in West Virginia mm -hmm. and they and, they, just, and they want a taste of home yeah. and you know and we ship it to them and all mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah, but then that kind of like opened it up to like what is this thing yeah. that you know that people are doing. Yeah, and if you're listening and you don't know what a pepperoni roll is, contact them because. <laughs> You're missing or, you out. Can, or if you're in West Virginia, you <laughs> can go to a gas station. Yeah, just any gas station. They'll be cheaper there. Yep. <laughs> it's the biggest disappointment whenever I'm out of state. I'm walking into a gas station just trying to get something quick, and then I've got to like settle for a Slim Jim. I'm like, yeah, like, oh man, now I'm going to have the wrong kind of heartburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, we need the, the bad kind of heartburn. Yeah, we yeah. need the good heartburn, the pepperoni roll heartburn. Yep. So, yeah. again, that's Loving West Virginia and Wild and Wonderful Box. Yeah. 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 So, anything else? Yeah. Uh, no, I think yeah. yeah, I think this is I think this is good. Yeah, Loving WV is where we sell all of our stuff. We got mm -hmm. stickers and hats and shirts and decals. We've been uh, doing some laser engraving stuff too with some of our designs, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so if you're if you're looking for a gift or a cool West Virginia thing for yourself, mm -hmm. come check us out. Yeah. And stay tuned for their full episode coming soon. Ah, man, we need to we need to book yeah, this. We, we need to book it. this now. So, <laughs> thanks for coming by, man. Hey, thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And we're live. So, I don't think I even introduced myself. I'm Jed, by the way. Jed, I'm Tyler. Nice to meet you, Tyler. Um, I heard you telling Daniel. So you were here last year. Yeah. You interviewed with us last year. Yeah, sure. Did. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's been a long time, and I really don't remember. That's okay. That's yeah. perfectly you fine. Probably need to be a little closer because oh. it's loud in here. Okay. Yeah. Normally, uh, you can sit pretty far away from these, but because it's so loud in here, we're gonna have to be right up on them. I didn't want to spit all over your microphone, but now I'm going to. Well, it's these come off, and you can wash them, so it's <laughs> okay. no big deal. That's good. <laughs> um, so, I'm turning him up. Yeah. Hello. So, okay. There we are. Hey. All right. Okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so uh, uh, you're trash mouth. Trash mouth. Yeah, oh, that's me. Oh, okay. All right. I, then I know you. I yeah. actually follow you on Instagram. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah so trash mouth press. Uh, I'm here. This is the second year in a row I've been here. Um, I don't know. I just make comic books and artwork. It's all kind of like uh, trashy counterculture kind of stuff. Um, I got a couple new things this year that I didn't have last year, uh, mostly prints. Um, I started hand making my own shirts, which is cool. And uh, I got a new comic book called Trash Bastards. Am I allowed to curse on this? Say whatever you want. Okay, Trash Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is about a bunch of trashy animals that go from bar to bar and cause trouble. Yeah, it's um, very crude humor. So yeah. I love your stuff because it's like, uh, it's, you know, at face value, I think people could very easily just be like, ooh, that's gross. I don't like. But then, like, uh, what I really like about your stuff is, like, I at least feel like there's a lot of subliminal messaging. Oh, for in sure. In a lot of the stuff. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, subversive kind of, like, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, like I said, the best word for it is, like, counterculture kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, there's a lot of, like, poking fun at things and people. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love the, uh, you say, you know, you're just an artist, but uh, I, I love your stuff. I think it looks great. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. that Your shirt that you're wearing actually is one of your, uh, that's that's one of your things, right? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, hand printed that through the screen, print, uh, screen printing process. Um, I kind of have my own little setup uh, outside of my, <laughs> quote, studio. 
yeah, it's not a studio. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I've got hand-ripped hand shirts over there. Um, this one's a special edition. It's a two-color print, um, but most of them are black on white, that kind of stuff. Cool. So, yeah. So uh, what's, how do people get in touch with you? Okay, so yeah, you wanna, the best way to do that is to go on Instagram and follow me on there and DM me uh, your money and things like that. <laughs> no, uh, follow me on Instagram at uh, trashmouth.press. I think is what it is. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm real good at selling. I, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you do at trashmouth, yeah. it'll come up. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's how I found it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, hey, thanks for stopping by. Of course. Yeah. All right, and we're back here live at West Virginia PopCon, and I'm with Bank Heist. You've got a, uh, what, what's your name again? Sorry. My name is Jared. Jared. Yes. Daniel. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. <laughs> so tell me about Bank Heist. So Bank Heist is a social deduction game that my partner and I developed. Uh, we've been working on it for about 18 or so months. And uh, we're getting ready to launch a Kickstarter for it. Uh, the game itself is, like I said, it's in social deduction. So you're a crew of criminals robbing a bank, but not everybody may be who they seem. Some could be undercover agents or rivals that are trying to have a successful robbery but steal the money at the end, or the agents are trying to stop you. Um, so during the game, people are trying to figure out who's who, who's actually helping, who's going to hurt us. And as you sort of make those decisions about who may be on your team or not, you're also collecting items that can be used during the second phase of the game, which is a getaway. And during that phase, it's a, more of an action game. So you're trying to eliminate people, restrain people, knock people out, that sort of thing. Um, but the important thing about our game is in a lot of social deduction games, people can get eliminated very early, even on the first turn in the game, which is very frustrating. So during the robbery phase in our game, no one can get eliminated. You're just building information, suspicion, you can make accusations, you can lie about what you are or aren't. Um, but then if you get to that getaway phase, that's when the action starts. And even then, you do have the ability sometimes to avoid attacks and actually fight back a little bit. So um, it adds some combat elements to eliminate people rather than just being voted out or something along those lines. So it's a board game, correct? It is a board game, yes. And like out of other board games, what would like... How would you compare it like to like another board game, like the, the style almost? Yeah, so with it being mm -hmm. social deduction, a lot of people compare it to Secret Hitler. Mm -hmm. That's the one that people tend to bring up a lot whenever they're playing. Um, but that's a game that we really like, so that means a lot to us to hear. Um, but something that we differentiate, differentiate ourselves with is having that whole action phase that a lot of social deduction games don't have. Um, but some games that people may be more familiar with could be like Werewolf or... Uh, played that one. Yeah, yeah. So that's the same idea. Is you, people don't know who each other are, and you're trying to figure that out. So where can people find... Um, obviously, the Kickstarter hasn't launched yet. Right, so we're going to do a, a Kickstarter this month here in September. And um, if they want to follow us on our journey, uh, if you go to Facebook, we're Bank Heist on Facebook. The URL is Facebook or uh, facebook.com slash bankheistgame. Um, you can go to our website. Our uh, company is called Lonely Hero Games. So if you go to lonelyherogames.com, 
you can actually find the links to all of our social media, and we'll obviously put the Kickstarter link on there when it goes up. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the game? Uh, it was made right here in West Virginia, so if there's West Virginia listeners, you know, you want to support a local company, that's us. Yeah. And we'll try to get you guys on. Where, you got, where are you guys located again? Um, so my partner's located in Morgantown, okay. and I'm located in Beckley. Okay. Yeah. We'll try to get you guys in sometime because we do this, but we do like a full-length interview, like an hour long. Oh, great. Um, and it's, it's all free, um, and that's that's what Wasted Local Talent is. Oh, so that's we'll, awesome. We'll even reach out to you guys at some point and try to get you guys to come back on the show, uh, maybe even after the Kickstarter launches, just to kind of like, you know, yeah, that, get that, the word out. That would be really yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for yeah, coming by. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. It's like real life isn't fun anymore because this sounds so much cooler. It does. Yeah. So I'm Jed, by the way. I'm Karen Castor. So what are you doing here? Well, I'm trying to sell stuff. Emphasis <laughs> <laughs> on trying. Uh, what, what do you got? What did you bring with you? Uh, I brought some prints and some buttons. So I, you're an artist? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I don't do it. I, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have made, like, it's not like a realistic style because I always thought that was kind of boring mm-hmm. to just sketch what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, we see that stuff every day. So I decided I wanted to focus more on color. So I simplified, like... You might have to stay a little closer because it's so loud here. So I made, like, an acclay from Star Wars, and I broke it down into just simple colors. So it's just blue, green, and white. And... I've been told it looks like stained glass. So that's weird. Huh. So are you like shooting for like a, more like a surreal Yeah. Vibe? I prefer to use surreal art mm-hmm. and stuff because I figure if I'm going to be expressing myself through art, I may as well go all the way because yeah. it's not like emotions are real things anyways, so. So, so do you hand draw everything? I do. I hand draw with marker, mm-hmm. and then I scan it into the computer and fix like any drastic mistakes, and add backgrounds. I see. Where do? You, how do you get your inspiration? Well, a lot of stuff I draw is from uh, like shows I love, and you know, cause Star Wars. Who doesn't like yeah. Star Wars? Yeah. And haven't seen it. Yeah. So I also like fantasy. I read what must have been like a billion fantasy novels as a kid. I was the one always at the library. Yeah. What what specific genre were, did you like? Oh, I liked Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. I yeah. liked... Yeah. Did you ever read like uh, uh, the Black Library books or Warhammer? You know, unfortunately my elementary school library did not have Warhammer. I think my life would have been a lot more interesting if it did. Did they have any of like the, uh, the D&D books, like the Forgotten Realms books? You know, actually, some of them did. I did s- s- manage to read the, uh, how do you even say his name, Dritz books? Drist? Dr- yeah, Drizzt. Him. Drizzt Uard? Yep. Yeah. So you did you read his like origin trilogy? What was that like? It was Sojourn, the Icewind Dale. Oh man, yes, dude, that's such a good series. It was. It the was crystal fantastic. Crystal shard and uh, 
I can never remember. There's three in that in that trilogy, though. Yeah, I got there were like, like thirty some books in that I, series. I have not read all thirty because that would be ridiculous. Yeah. I've read the entire Icewind trilogy. Yeah, because then there was like. Let's see. They did. There was the Icewind Dale trilogy, and then like he got his own trilogy, and then uh, you remember the assassin Artemis and Trary? You know, now that you mention it, I do remember that dude. He had the like wicked dagger, and him and Drizzt. Like he was the only person who could like equal him in hand to hand. Yeah, I think I remember him being kind of edgy. He was super edgy early on. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he ended up getting like his own book series. Oh my gosh, they gave him his own book series. Yeah, it, it, there was, it was like, it was like the book spinoff. I'm gonna have to see that, because yeah. from what I remember the dude, that, that's, that's gotta be amazing. Yeah, he was a big time edgelord, and his, his book series was really good, actually. It was pretty solid. I highly recommend it. So, uh, now that we've gotten away from that topic, um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to shop your stuff, or, and do you do commission work? This is, I have been meaning to start doing commissions. Mm -hmm. This is my first con, so. Oh, well, welcome. Yes, this is the beginning. (laughs) I have an email right now. I've been meaning to set up a website. Mm -hmm. Probably gonna set up an Etsy. That's fair. So what's your email? That would be karenkaz927 at gmail.com. Is that K-A-R-E-N? I-N. K-A-R-I-N. Okay. All right. And do you have any other social media platforms that you're on? Oh, I'm on Twitter at, what is it, Fluffy Maskey. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, hey, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. It's me again. I'm back here at PopCon, and I am with... Caitlin Hutchins. I'm the uh, AGM at the Books A Million store over in Pierpont Plaza. Which people don't know is there. That is very true, <laughs> yes. So we, tell, us, tell us about your business. Um, we're originally from Alabama. It's a corporate company. We sell almost anything you can think about. Books, graphic novels huge variety of pop culture, Funko, action figures. We've got an awesome Joe Muggs coffee shop in there. Some of the best coffee, I personally think, around Morgantown area. And we've got great deals all the time. Our membership is awesome over there. It gets you 10% off everything in the store for a whole year. She also said something earlier about cereal. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The kind that you don't want to eat, but you want the box. You want the box because it's got the exclusive Funko in it. (laughs) So how long have you guys been over there? We've been over there a little over 15 years. Really? Yes. Yep. It was uh, first moved in there when University Town Center, Suncrest Town Center didn't even exist yet. Um, They thought that was going to be the up-and-coming area because it's right there, Cheat Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we've been there ever since. Um, we do really well over there, um, but we just want to let everyone know that, you know, Books and Millions out there, too. <laughs> so, address, website, uh, anything like that? Yeah, so it's a 720 Venture Drive. It's over by the Lowe's and Michaels off the 68. Um, we're right in the shopping area with, like, Hallmark and... Isn't uh, Pier, Pier 1 Yeah, right there? Pier 1's over there, too. My singer works there. Singer from my band works nice. there. That's where. That's why I know where you guys are at. Yeah. So, 
So this is your first year at PopCon. This is our first year at PopCon. We were lucky enough to get a table. We're really excited to be here. We've got a whole bunch of stuff over in our booth, selling everything from Harry Potter and the new It items to San Diego, BAM exclusive, ComCon, uh, X-Men and Wolverines. Um, we've got Butterbeer exclusives from Flying Cauldron. We carry that in our store year round as well. Like That's a popular song. Yep. Have to come over Some of the really, yeah, dollar ninety nine for not, a single. I've never, I've never had it before. It is delicious. I want to try it. Uh, is that okay? So, is it in like a like a it's bottle the, that looks like a, a beer? So it's in a glass bottle, looks like a beer bottle. That's and what I've it's seen. Got, it's the butterscotch <laughs> cream soda. You've probably seen people walking around yeah. with it. Yeah, it yeah. is really good, ice cold. Or get a four pack, seven ninety nine. Take it home, pour it over some ice cream. Sounds good. Maybe add some, you know, if you're over age of twenty one, add some rum to that. There you go. That's what's up. <laughs> So how is your, because this is our second year here, and it's gone pretty well. So how's, how's the, your first year gone? We're doing really well over there, actually. Um, just the publicity of it is a big deal for us. Everyone's going, oh, you're here. Um, run into a lot of our customers that we see every day at the store, and a lot of people are, are surprised by the quantity of items that we carry, that it's not just books, mm -hmm. that we have like the graphic novels and the manga and a whole bunch of tech and toys for them as well. So Awesome. Awesome. So it's Books A Million? Yes, Books A Million. Anything else you want to throw out there for everybody? Um, come on by the store. If you tell us that you heard us on 13 Palm Trees, we can give you a discount. Hell yeah. <laughs> 13 percent. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm just throwing that one out there. No, it might not be 13 percent, but we'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, so I'm Jed. Hi, Jed. I'm Shelly. Nice to meet you. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Shelly Dusick, and my husband and I run the Cat in Black Art. Shut up. He is the talent, and I am the paperwork. You're the brains. <laughs> Right. I'm the reason why it's all not piled up in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to learn some skills so that we could get out on the road and actually sell the things that he makes. So he is an artist. He is an artist. Okay. Um, what kind of art does he? Just about every kind you can imagine. Um, he's probably best known for his Sui Bakoga style art prints. He does um, black ink on Japanese rice paper. Um, so he does it in a very traditional style. He does cat prints that way. Like and paw prints or cats? Cats. Ah, okay. Yep. So uh, we do the cat, um, the cat paintings, and then he does prop work. So he's done hand cast um, knives, and we try to do them out of resin so they're con friendly <laughs> wherever you go. And he does different paint jobs and finishes on those. We, he does jewelry. He's a, a jeweler with over 30 years of experience. So we do sterling silver and semi-precious stones. Um, we also do some bead work. Um, he does wire wrapping. And uh, he does hand-tooled leather. Wow. Accessories. And he's probably uh, most well-known in the steampunk circuits for his wire work critters. So the idea of taking uh, jewelry wire work, that very simple, like just a pair of tweezers and a, and a piece of wire, and he builds three-dimensional sculptures that he incorporates beads and stones and uh, different pieces into. And he's got, each one's unique, but he's done probably about 25 different sculptures now. 
the level of patience that he must have. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And, and it's great because he's like, you know, I can't really see very well. He has no depth perception. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, I can't, I can't see far away very well, but I, I, this is up close and it's very textile. So I can, I can touch it and I can, I can create that way. It created one of the most magical moments that I've ever had the pleasure of being witness to at an event that we did in Maryland. And we had a person come over that was looking for a gift for their niece for their birthday. So he came over asking us about the necklaces that we had. And he's like, can you describe them to me? I'm legally blind. So I can only see basic shapes. So we went through and described the different necklaces to him and handed them to him so he could feel. And... uh, I said, you know, we have something here that you might really like. Do you mind giving me your hand? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I'm going to put a sculpture in it, but it's very three-dimensional, and it's okay for you to touch. And he was like, okay, cool. And we had a little bird that Brett had done. So we put that in his hand, and he just, like, took his time, really felt the different textures and how um, intricate it was because it's very cage work. Mm-hmm. And he actually began to cry. He's like, you know, I I almost never get to experience art this way. And it's just an amazing moment. Yeah. That was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, because some people are very guarded about their work. You know, they don't really want, they're not okay with people touching it. And some stuff is very delicate and fragile and can't be handled. It's true. That that is the case. Um, Brett was always that kid that, like, ripped open his comic book as soon as he got it because he wanted to read the <laughs> story. He opened up his toys in the car on the way home. Right, absolutely. Yeah. He's like, if I can't play with it and I can't use it, it's no good. So a lot of times people will come by the table, and he's like, no, everything is okay. Pick it up, touch it, look at it. If it falls apart in your hand just from that, I didn't make it well enough, and I right. need to go back and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, that's awesome. Uh, how how do people contact you guys? The easiest way to contact us is through Facebook. Okay. So he is set up as Mr. Cat of the Cat and Black Art on Facebook. Um, he does commission work a lot. We've done um, a lot of handmade leather work for people mm-hmm. um, wanting to put together stuff for their cosplay. So we've done a full gen or so set for someone that's in the 501st. Uh, we've done holsters. Uh, he did a lot of Westworld when Westworld came out. There's a lot of a lot of that that uh, his man in black's pretty phenomenal. Um, I have a steampunk Klingon bride that he did. That's pretty amazing. Boy, that's that's a lot of things going on at once right it, there. It was a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's really fun, and there's a lot of uh, hand tooled leather and hand etched brass, and he's he's always making stuff of different genres yeah. and gets inspired by just about everything. Just this week, we watched um, The Dark Crystal. It just came. How was that? It was amazing. Was it? It was awesome. Um, Catch that. Always been a fan of Henson because everything's three dimensional, everything's handcrafted, Mm -hmm. and there's very little CG in the new work. But it's really amazing. And we were watching that, and he's like, you know, I've got a couple crystal shards I can put together. So he ended up making. Four different pieces that were based on a story of Thra and, and the Crystal Shards before we came this weekend. Hey, that's good because that's that's big right now. <laughs> so I bet there's not a lot of people here who are capitalizing on that. Probably not. I mean, we just you know benched at the beginning of the week, and he spent most of last night going, "Ooh, I have this." <laughs> See, I don't have that in me. I don't. I don't know if you're the same way, but like I, the people who are artists 
you know, they'll see things and then they see art in it. Me? No. I, don't. I, I am a great muse in that I, I am amusing whenever I try to make art. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No, that's accurate. Yeah, I, I'm really good at appreciating art. You know, I, I love seeing different styles and different takes on things. Even if it's not something that I'm a huge fan of, I can really appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into it because sure. I just don't have that. Um, but it, it's amazing to see like inspiration kind of strike mm-hmm. like lightning because his eyes will light up and then he's, he gets that like little boy chasing after a lizard when he's five. That's, that's his, his inspiration look. And he just, he goes off chasing it until he finds the thing that he likes. And, you know, it, it's never good enough. No. But it's always 10 times better than he thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have an online store where people can order your stuff? We don't. And the reason we don't is because everything he makes is unique. So, so it would be um, very hard to market it. We, we did try doing eBay for a while, but every time we do a show, we'd have to take every listing down and then put it right back up afterwards. And so we are really just a, you have to catch us at a con, you have to yeah. catch us at a show. And it's been really amazing to provide some things that have, you know, given people a lot of joy. And we get to see people come back year after year at the shows that we do. And, and it's nice to connect with the customers that way. Absolutely. I actually think that's really awesome because... You know, I, I don't know how many times you get people who come in and, you know, they, they'll take your card or whatever, and then they'll go shop your stuff later. But That happens way more than you would expect. Yeah. Usually, usually the first time a person comes through, you know, they'll look at everything. And we have some higher-end items, especially because of the, the silver work that we do with the jewelry. Well, yeah, that's cheap. Right. So so folks will come by and be like, oh, I can't really afford that this time. And we're like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll be back on this date. You know, if there's something that you really like, send us an email. We're happy to work with you for custom work. And we've had people that, like, there's one thing they were looking at, one thing they were looking at. And uh, so I have someone specific in mind. She came to our table at the same show. We did this show like three times a year mm-hmm. for three years. So she came to our table nine times. The ninth time, she brought her fiance with her, and they they finally purchased their um, in a engagement ring. Really? Yeah. It oh, was, that's awesome. It was really cool because she had been looking at this ring the whole time, and and she's like, no, that's that's it, that's it, and it it just hadn't. Hadn't found a home yet. It was waiting for her, and hmm. and she came back, and they, they, they really liked it. So it was it was meaningful. Yeah, and that's I mean, not I mean nothing against store bought rings. That's how that's where I got my wife's. But like, that's so cool getting something that like somebody handmade, and you know like there's there's no other ring out there like that. Yeah. Like it's it is it is absolutely unique. And it was made for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Cat on Facebook. Yeah. Mr. Cat on Facebook. Okay. And then uh, do you guys use any other social media like Instagram, Twitter? Not yet. You can find Mr. Cat on Twitter. Um, he, I think he goes under Cat and Black Art on Twitter. Okay. Um, and his Twitter life is amazing. <laughs> he and Lou Diamond <laughs> Phillips Most apparently Twitter talk all is. the time. So, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's it, it's uh, you can find us on there and, and drop us a line. But to, to really get to see us and, and see our stuff, you got to come to a show and interact. Come out in person. Yep. 
All right, cool. Well, what do you guys, are you guys going to be at any uh, upcoming shows? We do have some upcoming shows. Uh, we'll be at Still City Con in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, coming up that first weekend in December, and mm-hmm. I think that's our last show this year. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming out. Great to be here. We love being at PopCon. All right, and I'm back again. Sorry for my voice. And I am here with... Michelle Bowser. From... Burning Bulb Productions and Publishing. Tell me a little bit about your business. Well, it's actually owned by Gary Vincent in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. But it started out as a publishing company, and I've published five books through them. And now it's also a movie production company. We make movies, and we turned my book, Don't Yell at the Damn Desk Clerk, into a movie called Desk Clerk, mm-hmm. which will be out soon. And I wish that we could, we could relive this conversation a second ago about, because we both have worked in hotels, both obviously midnight shifts, so I can relate to that movie. And we're talking about our worst experiences as a midnight desk clerk. So how long have you been writing yourself? Oh, probably since I was a kid. Since you were a kid? Yeah, just forever. And what, what type, is, is it all kind of like based on your life or do you kind of delve in more fiction or? Mostly I actually write bizarro fiction. Okay. Horror comedy. Um, but the desk clerk is just a straight up comedy. But if you've ever worked in any type of customer service, uh, you know that's a horror story in itself. Oh yeah, so. just, just the words <laughs> customer service. <laughs> exactly. Anybody story. can relate. Anybody who's ever worked with the public. Mm-hmm. And you said that you just wrapped up the movie. Yes. And it should be premiering. Do you, do you have like a date when it's going to be we premiering? We don't have an exact date, but it's very it's in the final stages of editing, so mm-hmm. it'll be this year. Uh, have you have you gotten a chance to, to preview it yet? Yes. Have you? How does it look? Funny. Funny. Very funny. <laughs> I've showed it to a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has laughed out loud quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you said that you were going to premiere it in, in Bridgeport or Clarksburg? Um, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it's probably going to be Clarksburg. Clarksburg. And that's, was it just Desk Clerk? Yes, Desk Clerk. Not the full title the, the of the book, book. Yeah, the book is Don't Yell at the Damn mm-hmm. Desk Clerk. The movie is just mm-hmm. called Desk Clerk. So how long have you been working with the publisher, <coughs> publishing company, sorry? <coughs> um, since 2014. 2014? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is, are, you, are you just here with your books under his name or? Um... I'm just here with my stuff. Okay. Today. So, and is he still, is he here too? He is not. He is at uh, the Indianapolis Days of the Dead this weekend. So we're, we're covering lots of different, yeah. <laughs> lots <laughs> yeah, of different, too many conventions. Yeah. We got to cover different bases. Yeah. But you're under his, his banner. So you're promoting him as well. Yes. As a publisher. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, that's Burning Bulb. Burning Bulb Productions. Or, and publishing. And publishing. Correct. And where can people find, um, your books and things like um, any stores around this area carry them? Um, not at the present that I'm aware of. Um, well, you could get them to Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. um, and Amazon.com and BurningBulbPublishing.com, mm-hmm. and they're so. also on audio. And I do the audio. I narrate. I, I narrate all my books, and I also narrate other books. See, that's awesome for me because I don't like. I like to read, but we're, I'm so big into podcasting. It's so much easier. So, like a good audio book. So much like I, I can I can do that better while I'm doing other things than like sitting down and read a book. Yeah, all of mine are available on Audible. So they're all on Audible. Yes. All right. So, what was the website again? Sorry, Burning Bulb Productions. Yes, Burning Bulb Publishing. Publishing. Burning Bulb Productions. Keep saying publishing or BurningBulb.com. BurningBulb.com. Should get you there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you type in Burning Bulb into Google, I think it'll take you there. It'll take you right there. All right. Is there anything else? Anything else coming up? 
other than the movie? Well, we also did a movie uh, a few years ago called My Uncle John is a Zombie with John Russo, who co-wrote the original Night of the Living Dead screenplay. And that's out now. That's actually streaming on Amazon Prime and Google Plus and Fandango and a few other. There's there's actually many streaming services it's on. I can't remember off the top of my head every <laughs> single one of them. But I know it's on Amazon Prime, which seems to be the most popular. The most popular. I just got my brother's login for that last night, so I'm definitely going to look that one Yes, <laughs> yes, that's a funny check one. This out. So I love horror and I love comedy and you mash those two together. It's great. Like, um, I just saw what, what is, oh my God, the vampire comedy that's like really popular, the British. Oh um, yes. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so I love good. that. That <laughs> so is so good. good. Yes. Uh, someone wrote about my uncle John is a zombie. Uh, I think it's the, the headline on the poster. Um, it's what happens if, uh, Sean of the dead met citizen Kane. <laughs> That sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming over. Thank you for having me. And we'll look forward to that movie. And I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And everybody that's listening, keep an eye out for that, especially because it's, it's going to be premiering around this area. So we can all meet up and go. All right, great. All right, thank you Hope so much. See hey, it's Daniel again, PopCon. And I am here with the one and the only Mr. Sean. Fisher. Hey guys, how's it going? I don't. They, they're they're not gonna be able to answer. This is a podcast. I'm just gonna wait until they can. Okay, it might be a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on with the singer? So every every episode, whenever you hear that beautiful voice singing, "This is our home." This oh is God. him right here, next to me. Oh no. I'm blushing. I can't stop. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, jeez. I love how, like, you out of everybody in the band are, like, the most, like, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody's using our song for something. And everybody else is like, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're like, that's fucking awesome. And yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm the most uh, not lead singer, lead singer ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I had my ways, I'd just be, like, standing behind a curtain and do and stuff, just do you that. know. Come so what's, what's been going on with Worst Kept Secret? Oh, well, we're uh, currently on a, I don't know what you'd call it, a hiatus, a, uh, a little break. Uh, our bass player, Pat Cole, has had a child, so uh, he's on daddy duty now, so he's got to, you know, focus on that, and we're all supportive of that, so um, taking a little bit of a little bit of a break, uh, letting is, him do that. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know so. if you listened to, um, I think it was the Black Sheep episode in the beginning, um, the intro of it, I think what I had said was, I have never felt more sorry for a human in my life than that child. <laughs> um, and I'm sticking to my, stick, sticking, that's, sticking to that's that. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, no comment, but. Uh. <laughs> no, I think Pat'll make a great day. He, oh, he's already, sure. he's, he, he looked like a dad beforehand. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he just got to fill that shoe and just go ahead and have a baby. Yeah. But, yep. <laughs> so I heard a little birdie. And by a little birdie, I mean I keep getting notifications on Facebook about a uh, <laughs> about a, a cover band with uh, with you yeah. and Jared. Yeah, yeah, uh, doing a uh, yeah doing a doing a fun little cover cover bar band. Um, motorcycle drive-by <laughs> that's what costs like uh it was up in the air it is still maybe up in the air for debate on uh, name changes and whatever but uh that's what we settled on i think it's a third eye blind uh i don't know if we can say that uh you can say whatever a, you want to. <laughs> it's a third eye blind uh song so that's what we we stuck with there was a couple um couple ideas uh my personal favorite for the name was uh 10 what was it 1090 and at first i didn't understand why uh 
why they would want that, um, but then they said it was the equation for a mullet. Uh, 10% in the front, 90% in the back. back. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I loved it. And they're coming back. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I see them all the time. Dude, college kids even. I see college kids with mullets. Yeah. It's great. And they I made fun it. of us after we like went from our emo stage to <laughs> getting dad bods and beards. <laughs> yeah, they have no they have no business. No, yeah, no. make fun of me again, yeah. mullet. <laughs> I don't care what your name is. Mm. You're just mullet. <laughs> Unless you've like had one for like a long period of time. Don't be trendy. Oh, yeah. I think if you, yeah, if you're like, you know, some 40, 50, 60-year-old guy rocking a mullet and you've been rocking it forever, you know. You do you, man. You do you, man. Yeah. But, like, yeah, but these 19-year-olds trying to do this, yeah. I don't know. Get yeah. out of here. It's going to be the next big thing, though. Oh, yeah. And I'm <laughs> just inching closer to the edge. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> mm. Well, I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> That was a good one. Oh. <laughs> no, it, it hurt me. I, I'm... No, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you walked by whenever you did. Yeah, man. Because last year, I think, did you and Jared sit down last year? Yeah. Or was yep. it you and Jared? Yeah. Yep. Took over for a bit. And I didn't see him this year. I'm assuming he's probably not coming up. No, he's not here. Um, I don't like looking at him. <laughs> his, he makes me really insecure. Yeah, his when legs I'm... are too small. Oh. He skips legs. I mean, so. if he just... <sighs> yeah, he's... A... Yeah, I don't know why he accentuates them too. He wears those like skinny jeans. Yeah. And... He's like, look at me. I skip leg day. But look at my biceps. <laughs> yeah. Especially when he plays guitar. Like, I mean, I've said it a thousand times. Like, when he's playing guitar, playing like his lead stuff, I think he's going to, like, it looks like he's going to break his fucking neck off his guitar. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, he's got a power. Yep. yep. But then you look at his legs, you'd be like, he couldn't kick my ass. He probably couldn't <laughs> kick my shin. If he did, it'd feel like a baby. <laughs> JK. Oh, man. Good stuff. Uh, we, we love him. Yeah, we do. We I do think. love him. He was my actually, yeah. He was <clears throat> part of the reason I was walking around last year because I need a uh, I need a buffer for <laughs> social interactions. So he's my buffer. It's like uh, I just stand behind him, and uh, he's you know, it's he's he's a good he's good, just a good buffer. Yeah. Yep. I hate social interaction too. Yeah. That's why we do podcasts. Right. I don't have to go out in the public. That's I, yeah. And podcasts, uh, it's it's really strange because I remember when I first heard about podcasts, I was like, that's so sick. Like, what? And it was, I mean, I don't know, 2011, mm -hmm. 12. I heard someone said something about a podcast. And I'm like, you just sit and listen to people talk. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, that sounds really lame. Then I got obsessed with podcasts like five oh, years yeah. later. And I'm like, this is like kind of like social interaction. Yeah. But you I get don't to know people. Yeah, it's like yeah. I get to sit at the table. I don't necessarily have a have a voice, but uh, can sit at the table and listen. You know, listen to conversations and maybe uh, you know, with the lack of interaction I have sometimes, it's nice to feel that uh, human yeah. connection. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What got you into podcasts? Like, what was the first one? <clears throat> first one was oh wow, let me think. Or maybe not the first one you listened to, but like the one that you 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 like started on and then stuck with that one. Because, like, I'd listened to a couple, but the one that actually got me to, like, listen to a bunch more was The Adventures End. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I think the one that actually got me to download an app and start listening to had to be um, WTF with Mark Marin. Mm -hmm. uh, just, a, like, good info, some comedy, some, you know, and it was really, it was really solid, a little bit of everything. Kind of like Joe Rogan without the DMT. Uh, I got it, you. So it was cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I got into my brother my brother and me mm -hmm. which was actually the first uh someone told me you should listen to this these guys are the huntington um listen to my brother my brother and me and 
that's when I was like, you listen to people talk, that's weird, who would do that? And then that is probably the one that I got hooked on, and then they advertised the Adventure, the Adventure Zone, Zone, and that was around the time I started playing D&D, for real, for real, not just like, you know, buying handbooks and making characters mm. and playing uh, in my head, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> you still need yeah, to play probably. sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I do. I need to make it down. Be fun. Yeah, I could be a... I would say a zany NPC, but I don't play zany people well. I'm too, like, reserved. And what, what kind of characters? Yeah, I feel like you play, like, a very lawful good character. Usually, my go-to would be a paladin, paladin. probably. You know, they got the... They're, they're not squishy. They got, they got a little bit of magic. They got, you know... Um, uh, currently, I got two games going. I'm playing just straight old-school dwarf fighter, just because in that game I didn't want to, you know, do anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to remember a bunch of spells or anything. You just hit shit twice. Yep. Three times sometimes. You it's know? so nice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other one, the other game is a complete opposite. I'm playing a, a half-elf, half-elf draconic sorcerer. So, uh, so lot, lots of magic yeah. in that one. But, um, yeah, but my, I would say if I had to pick out of the, the roster, it would be Paladin. Paladin. Yeah. Dig it. I like playing druids. Like the very first time I ever played, I played a, a dwarf, a hill dwarf druid. Loved it. Then we started this campaign, and somebody picked a druid, and I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody was like, this and this, and I'm like, we need a healer. Guess I'll be a cleric. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess which, I'll do it. Which clerics, I would say, you know, are the original paladins, you know? Yeah, they're, yeah. you know, they're a little more, uh, I would say, you know, goody-goody, normally, yeah. depending normally. on your, your uh, deity, yeah. but, you know. I mean, you know, Mishkal. Right, right. You know, yeah. The life domain. <laughs> yeah. So, Mishkal. <laughs> anyway, I had another question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a spoiler alert out there for anybody that hasn't listened to the Adventure Zone. You oh. finished it right, and you're I haven't listened to full Amnesty yet. Amnesty yet? I love it, but I I want to wait till it's like done. Yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. Binge you don't it. have to. Yep, yep. But but you finished like their campaign, right? Like the full like actual of um, balance. Balance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you cry at the end? I didn't cry. Um, and which is a surprise probably to a lot of people. It does not take a lot for me to cry. I'm a very emotional <laughs> person. Um, but no, I didn't. I don't know why. It just, I mean, I, I was def- it was definitely emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not shed physical tears. I cried the first time and the second time I, I listened I to it. I respect that. <laughs> I respect it more I'm because not. you also did the second time yeah. when you knew it was like. Yeah, I knew it was coming. And yeah. I'm like, ah, it'll be all right. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I love it. I love oh, it. It's so I, yeah. I've listened to it two times all the way through. Um, every time now that uh, I'm caught up on all my podcasts and I, I'm like I need something to listen to, I just go download them again and I think I'm gonna do a third time through yeah. and just. I started it again, um, but like with everything, all of our stuff, I try to like listen to it too. Oh yeah. Um, and but I did I did achieve a goal, and in one of the episodes of our podcast, D and D Kinda. I, I did like a little something happened and I did like a flashback scene with the person and then jumped back into it and made it like really kind of emotional and my sister messaged me like after she listened to the episode she's like I fucking hate you I was like why she's like I bawled like a baby and oh like, my good, god good that's, that's what perfect. I was going for no that's exactly <laughs> what you want is that emotional connection yeah. to those characters yep. that's great mm-hmm. Man, yeah, I really do. I, now, I really do need to come down and like yeah, jump do. in. It's so good. It's so much fun. Oh man, 
Oh, thanks for yeah, man. Dude, thanks for having me. I, I'd sit it. and talk to you for longer, but I really have to pee. Oh, so. dude. Yeah. Well, feel free. To Would you like to drink it now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about what you guys got going on. I know Ryan said you guys do like a homebrew comic book. Yeah. That's correct. Here it is. Um, <laughs> So we are Heroinburg, H-E-R-O-I-N-E-B-U-R-G-H, stands for Female Hero, and uh, we are out of Pittsburgh, and uh, we started out as a live-action, live comic book uh, series. Um, We've done a whole season of 13 episodes with about 20 superheroes and almost as many supervillainesses, and now we're moving into our second season, and we have episodes 14 and 15 done we're working on 16 so that's it's been about two years and uh, a little while ago we decided to diversify our offerings and we now have a comic book available it's heroinberg comics number one um and we have it available at stores all over the pittsburgh area and also from our website heroinberg.com again h-e-r-o-i-n-e-b-u-r-g-h dot com <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we have our uh, comic book right here. It's a 20-page uh, glo- high, uh, high-glossy um, uh, uh, cardstock book, so it's uh, very durable and uh, hard to uh, bend and destroy. Um, inside the comic, we have three artists. Uh, the cover art is, is done by the same person who does all of our T-shirts and stickers and posters. His name is Jason Wright, and he is a colorist uh, mostly for DC Comics. Uh, His most recent uh, long-term gig was coloring for Green Lantern for a couple years, and he's about to start working on Metal Men. And uh, the interior artist is Benjamin Zeus Barnett, who is a local guy in Pittsburgh. And the back cover is done by Marcel Walker, uh, who also is a comic book artist in Pittsburgh and uh, one of the people that runs the Toonzeum, which is the uh, cartoon uh, museum in Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the third thing we did is uh, also this month we started uh, a comic strip in the local newspaper in uh, a local alternative news weekly. It comes out every two weeks. And so we have a new strip that's been running for about a month. Uh, and that's all Heroinberg uh, content, all female superheroes and villains. Uh, so we have with us here at WV PopCon uh, one of our uh, greatest actress- actresses, um, uh, should we say your uh, actual name? Yeah, sure. Sure. So mm-hmm. her name is Bridget, and uh, she plays Arctica. And uh, would you like to talk about your character and what you do in the series? Well, my character's name is Arctica. I am the mistress of the deep freeze. Uh, my uh, my uh, uh, alter ego is uh, Greta. I am Greta Bjorn's daughter, and I am a cryogenic physicist from Iceland. Very appropriate. I see a theme here. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, And I think it's really cool because she works at one of the universities in Pittsburgh, and a lot of the other heroines and even some of the supervillainesses also work in a lot of the different neighborhoods in Pittsburgh, and they all have, like, you know, differing um, alter ego, like, careers. Like, there's one that's a nurse, but she's, like, a a goth DJ by night. a lot of them are scientists like some of them like one of the supervillainesses scintilla is like a bank teller and then when she becomes she becomes she gets her power she becomes a bank robber so yes kind of full circle right there yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, so uh, yes, um, Arctica, uh, Bridget, has appeared so far in episode 13, which basically summarizes, it's like the finale of the first season. It's where all the heroines get together in their brand new Pittsburgh Heroin League. And uh, unfortunately, they have some disagreements and a civil war breaks out in the meeting room and they resolve it by the end of the episode, but Arctica delivers a couple of uh, powerful uh, uh, blows. Uh, you want to talk about that? Well, uh, some of the other superheroes just thought they could try to challenge me, and uh, I decided that they needed to chill out a little bit, so. So she uses her ice powers to cool them down a little bit. And uh, then uh, uh, the other uh, appearance so far by Arctica is in episode 14, first one of second season. And uh, she and another heroine, uh, the Irish banshee Fianna, uh, uh, go up against uh, the aforementioned Scintilla. Scintilla, who, uh, as we said, uh, changes from a boring bank bank teller accountant to a very exciting uh, Catwoman-style uh, uh, robber and burglar, and uh, she thinks it's glamorous to be a thief, kind of like Black Cat, Catwoman. And uh, but uh, her uh, first attempt at uh, uh, Major Larceny is thwarted, uh, in part, by Arctica and her friend Fianna. But that's, uh, that's, Fianna. that's not all. Uh, uh, tell us a little about uh, uh, your uh, relationship with Fianna in this episode. Fianna is... Um, oh, Fianna so is the... Arctica oh, okay. actually yep. gets introduced in episode six. Six, yes. Um, but when she's first introduced, she's, uh, before she even gets her power, she's kind of a cold person, only really cares about her work. And then she gets the, and it's interesting because as she gets the powers of ice and begins to explore her powers, she starts to realize that there's a little bit more to life than just being a really good scientist and starts to broaden her horizons on what else she likes. And she starts to realize that what else she likes is, well, trying to find someone that she's interested in and she happens to be interested in Fiona but Fiona already has a girlfriend and I guess Antarctica doesn't uh, really care about that so I play a little bit of Homewrecker in episode 14. Oof. Yeah so we're going to uh, resolve that in episode 17. We're going to film that later in October. Figure out uh, for the audience uh, we left at the end of episode 14 we kind of left a cliffhanger where oh what's going to happen? It's kind of a bizarre love triangle and uh, how is it, it going to turn out? Is uh, Fiona going to, you know, go with Arctica or is she going to be stay loyal to her non-powered human girlfriend? Uh, so, you know, among, so uh, that kind of symbolizes the fact that we have a bunch of story arcs running at once. We have uh, things that involve comedy, romance and action and adventure and uh, the Pittsburgh Heroin League itself has to go up against a very secret shadowy cabal of villains called the Black Faction, who are led by a corrupt cop who highly, uh, his name is uh, Detective Drake. He highly resents the heroines and how they are becoming the enforcers of law. And he thinks the, poli the police are losing their power. And so he tries to discredit them at every opportunity using his group, the Black Faction. Ironically, many of whom have powers themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's developing in uh, season two. We have the Heron League versus the Black Faction in various fights. We also have, you know, romance, and we, all, you know, have some side stories as well with new origins, so. So now, how do people, like, how do people watch this? Okay, 
Uh, they can go to our website, which is www.heroinberg.com. All of the episodes are available for download there. Um, the first 15 episodes are available to download right now. Uh, we're working on finishing up episode 16 right now. Uh, they, uh, people can actually go to our YouTube channel. We don't have full episodes on our YouTube channel, but we do also have tra trailers, and that's often where we'll announce trailers for upcoming episodes. There's also some funny outtakes and clips for ep from past episodes as well. Yeah, that's right. Our YouTube channel is, is basically designed as kind of an intro to the full-length episode. So if you go to the YouTube, you'll see about uh, 70, 80 clips involving uh, you know, very short vignettes and, and outtakes and uh, character intros. And then you can go to the website proper, which is heroinberg.com, H-E-R-O-I-N-E-B-U-R-G-H.com. And uh, you just go to the video store and it's basically their pay downloads. It's like buying a comic, except instead of a comic book, it's a 30 minute live action comic. Uh, we call it uh, uh, action and adventure in spandex and capes. <laughs> and uh, so there's that. And then, of course, there is the actual physical comic book, which you can order from the website directly or go to one of about a dozen stores in the greater Pittsburgh region to pick it up. Uh, we hope to have it uh, available in some places in West Virginia, too, as of later today. And so you said you've got the... You've got 16 episodes out? Uh, we have 15, and 15. We're working. the 16th one will be coming out in October. Okay. Uh, one interesting thing we do is we every three episodes, we celebrate their, their release by having a theater uh, showing in a local indie theater in Pittsburgh. You know, not the mall ones, but the ones that are independent. Mm -hmm. And uh, so coming up October 27th at Regent Square Theater, we're going to be showing 14, 15, and 16. Nice. And then with the, the comic, you said this that you've got the first issue out. Yeah, so the uh, goal is to have the comic come out twice a year, a fall issue and a spring issue. So then we're able to debut them at, uh, we have three or four Comic-Cons in Pittsburgh proper, so we can debut them there, and we can also take them uh, far afield. We've been to Erie, we've been to Morgantown, and uh, we're going to be going to New York City in December with them as well. Now, the comic book issues, is it one issue per episode, or does one issue cover... Because it follows the series, right? Yeah, that's a good question. So the comic book stories are independent. They are, okay. Uh, yeah, what, what, what the, the first issue was designed to have two stories that, uh, that exist between season one and season two and can be freely, floating freely as stories. Okay. So they're not tied, I mean, they're tied to, to various characters, but they're not necessarily tied directly to situations. However, we do mention the black faction. We do have several villainesses in, in the comic that appear in season one. So probably what's gonna happen is the second book will uh, occur, you know, somewhere in the middle of season two as we are still, because a season for us is really about a year and a half mm -hmm. worth of work. Uh, so yeah, um, it, th in other words, you don't have to know anything, you don't have to watch the episodes uh, to enjoy the comic. And you and don't you, have to read the comic. You don't have to, to read the comic the to enjoy the episodes. Yeah. Right. But if you read them, if you, if you uh, absorb them both, it's uh, s synchronous. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and in addition, not only that, the free comic strip in the local, the free comic strip in the local newspaper too, that is coming out uh, every couple weeks, is another free-floating story that you can add to the mythos. So it, it's an all-encompassing universe that you can jump in at any given point and enjoy. Oh, that makes it good for whoever's, you know, watching or reading. Right, right. So there's not like, it's not like Marvel or DC where you have to have 10 billion uh, names of lore uh, <laughs> necessarily to pick up uh, things. Uh, we, we make it easier. The stories are 
are you know mo mostly self-contained. Although, like in in uh, season two, we are doing uh, we are doing some two-parters, so there is the idea of some cliffhanger stuff happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at least yeah. uh, in our case, you won't have to look up Wikipedia and then go through the uh, hyperlink rabbit hole to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'll be honest. That's uh, one of the biggest reasons why I've never gotten into any like the mainstream comics is. There's just so much out there. There's I, way too much out there to try and go, like, ingest. This There's is a lot. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, it's best to have, uh, when you do with TV shows and stuff like that, it's best to have things that are introductory that make it uh, very entertaining up front and don't make you have to look up, up an encyclopedia or a dictionary to, to figure things out. But uh, I don't know, uh, even with that, it's always fun sometimes to look at Wikipedia or other sources um, I, I did so, for example, while I was watching the Swamp Thing uh, TV series. I went occasionally and looked at, you know, hey, is this more like the comic or less like the comic? You know, it doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't necessarily hurt to have facts back up what you're reading. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we've got 16 episodes out right now. Uh, 15, 15, but 16 I got it coming. Wrong again. Yeah, yeah. 16 is coming out. That's soon. right. Yeah. And then, do you guys have a date for the second issue of the comic? Uh, we're going to call it spring. Okay. <laughs> All right. And are you guys going to be in any upcoming cons? Well, uh, Steel City. You guys yeah, are going to well, be Well, we're going to be at a bunch of things, uh, and our, our various actresses and characters uh, do uh, come. And, uh, you know, I mean, today Arctica was signing a whole bunch of books, mm -hmm. which was great. Uh, you enjoyed that, I assume. I did, I did very much. It yeah. warmed my cold little heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, so coming up after now, we're going to be uh, at uh, we're going to be doing a signing uh, at Phantom of the Attic, uh, which is a store in Pittsburgh. Then we're going to have uh, on October 27th, we're going to have our our debut of those three episodes in the theater. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we're going to be uh, tabling at Freaky Fair, which is a more kind of goth oriented. Uh, uh, con that happens in Pittsburgh because some of our uh, heroines are in fact uh, have goth industrial ties and uh, then at Steel City Con in December and then the weekend after Steel City Con our first trip to New York to do something called Big Apple Con. So you guys have a busy schedule coming up. And we hope to do a lot more in uh, what we have found is yeah, you have to sign up pretty far in advance for a lot of cons and so we're hoping to sign up for a lot more stuff in 2020 and move a little bit further afield, yeah. Do you post your schedule on the website? Yeah, so you mean you mean appearances? <coughs> yes. Yeah, yes. so mm -hmm. um, at the top of the website, our very nice webmaster makes sure that, you know, at least two weeks prior to uh, an appearance that we make, uh, for example, WV PopCon, which we're at right now, we had up a banner at the top of the website saying, hey, we'll be at, at the con at WV PopCon at so-and-so date, meet Arctica, buy a book. So yes, we, we have that kind of announcement like as a banner at the top of the site, which is, it's a very nice site. I have to, uh, uh, you know, give big, big props for our webmaster, Andy, and also Jason Wright, who does the art for the site, yeah. And we also have a, a Facebook page where we often post announcements and let people know a few weeks in advance, like whenever we're gonna be at another con as well. And we also post little pictures, um, like little clips from, uh, uh, or like, or trailers for upcoming episodes. Uh, that would be Facebook, which is just Heroinberg, uh, YouTube, 
uh, which is called Heroinberg. Uh, we have a Twitter which is called Heroinberg One, I think. I don't even remember why, but it, it just huh. is. And, <laughs> and uh, then we also have a DeviantArt too as well, where I post a lot of uh, character photos. And uh, we get a good response to that too, yeah. Okay, and the website again was, it's heroinberg? It's heroinberg.com, H-E-R-O-I-N-E-B-U-R-G-H.com, female superheroes. Okay, well thanks for being on, guys. Thank you so much, well, we appreciate it. thanks for having it. us. And we're back with Wasted Local Talent. Yes. I'm not your host, I don't host this show. I, where everybody stops listening. Yeah, everyone just <laughs> yeah, tuned out. Nobody's listening anymore because they know my voice from Gurus. They're like, well, this show sucks now. Yeah, this is Roger from <laughs> Gurus of Gaming. This has been the last episode of Wasted Local Talent. I'm Josiah me. from Wasted Local Talent and Gurus of Gaming. So, uh, PopCon, just, you just got here. I've been at work all day. I've been busy. I understand that. I, yeah. I work. I have a job. Okay. Yeah, I know. You, you know how it is. I just teach. Yeah. So, have you checked out Cartridge Galore over here at Crossroads? Yeah, I just walked in the room. And I sat down, and you guys put me to work. Listen, they got some good games sitting over there at their table. I just got the notification that Antonio Brown is signing with the New England Patriots, and I could, I, I can't even think straight right now. Antonio Brown is a Patriot, and I'll tell you, I was talking to my buddy, who was a Patriots fan, and he was upset about this. Well, then your, your friend is an idiot. He, he's been a lifelong Patriots fan. He says he wants no part of it. He, your friend is an idiot, and you can tell him I said that. I, I will let him know. Look at that beautiful box Super Castlevania 4. Yeah, cartridge, cartridges galore. I've spent a lot of money in that store in my lifetime. I, I'm not ashamed to admit. It's probably the best local store. I totally agree. For it's like video games. Yeah, it's like a little local chain. They got some stores in Maryland. They got, uh, you know, they got the one in Morgantown on High Street. I'm a big fan. Speaking of Fairmont. Are you opening the Fairmont? November 1st. Where at? Uh, it's in Whitehall next to the hot dog place. So oh. in Whitehall, next to the hot dog place, Cartridge Galore, November 1st. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, I love your store. I've bought a, a bunch of stuff in there. I've sold a bunch of stuff to you guys. You guys, should, you know, have you been on with Waste of Local Talent before? we got to get you on here tomorrow. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, definitely. Talk about your store. Yeah, for sure. Because we'll I mean, promote that. Free exposure for you guys, you know? Absolutely. So I'll talk... We'll have Valsa Daniel. Well, I, I don't even know why I'm saying this. I don't host this show. I'm, like, I'm on the gaming podcast. Yeah, Roger, what are you doing? I don't know. This is the worst way to local town. No, I'm kidding. I've always wanted to be on Waste to local town. I know. Right. He puts on a big part of this show. Got you. Now, I've, uh, every time I go in there, the, the, big, the big shredded dude. I don't know his name. He's got the big muscles. He's usually in there. I don't know if he's even work there. The old Andy. Okay, so another Andy. Gotcha. So, you're talking about video games. Tell me about your podcast. So, our podcast is called Gurus of Gaming Podcast. And we are under the wonderful banner of 13 Palm Trees. So, we launch new episodes every Monday. And each week, I have a panel of, of uh, rotating, not really rotating, but a panel of co-hosts that join me. Uh, I would say gurus. We're going to call them gurus. So, we've got some really cool gurus that join the show. Michael Bonner, who we all know from D&D Kinda. Uh, Josiah, that's you. That's me. You're a guru. Kelso, Ryan Turner, Hunter, who's over at the booth right now, man in the booth. Jed was on there once. Jed was on there. We did have Jed on there one time. That was the lowest listened to episode that in history. That is complete fact. It is the lowest rated episode on iTunes in history. Or not just iTunes, overall listens. Yes. Well, iTunes actually went out of business because of that. We still love Jed, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. 
I think we should have him back on the show sometime. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see. I don't even know where he is. He disappeared. Did he go home? I don't know. So t- tell me about, I, I know we just recorded uh, all about Nintendo last week. Yeah, we did. So that that's going to be out when this episode drops. Yeah, so are you guys dropping the uh, PopCon D&D, or not the D&D, the PopCon Waste Local Town on Monday, I assume? Whenever Daniel... Whenever Daniel decides to drop it? Yes. When does this episode drop, Daniel? This uh, Waste Local Town at PopCon. Thursday. Thursday. So go back and listen to Gurus of Gaming from Monday. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, this past Monday we launched an episode where uh, Josiah, myself, Michael, and Kelsa, we do live reactions to the uh, latest Nintendo Direct that aired Wednesday night. And this was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good discussion about some upcoming Nintendo games. You know, good fun episode, fun times. And some some uh, breaking news other than Antonio Brown. I was listening to Jericho's podcast on the way here. Talking and Jericho. He was talking about... Uh, all of the the wrestlers in that company are getting face scans for uh, for video games. In AEW? Yeah, so nice. they're, they're coming out with a video game for AEW. I kind of wonder who's going to develop that. That's interesting. That yeah, is. I know. We're going to have to research that and I talk would, about it on the podcast. I would be interested in an AEW game because the WWE games over the last few years have been pretty terrible, to be fair. Well, I mean, they are what they are. Well, that's not WWE's, WWE's fault by any stretch. It's the developer of the game. So, yeah, interested in all that. So, is, is there anything else you want to talk about? About I know you were over there smashing. Yeah, Michael and I were playing some Smash. He dominated me. I did get a couple of good wins over Hunter. Uh, maybe you should play some Smash. I am not talented when it comes to Smash Brothers. It's okay. No shame. No shame. Ryan, Ryan will fall play so, first. Some Mario Kart, I will get you. But Smash Brothers, I can't. Ryan Wolfong played his first ever Smash match a little bit ago. He played against, uh, I believe he played against Michael. Oh. Who'd you play against, Ryan Wolfong? Who'd you play Smash with? Was it Hunter or Michael? Okay, he played with Hunter. And I'll tell you what, Ryan is already retired from Smash, but he is going out with only one loss ever in his win-loss record. That's, that's fair. That is impressive. He is probably the only Smash player that will ever retire with only one loss on their record. So good on, good on Ryan Wolfong. Is, it, is there anybody else you want to interview while they're not on a microphone? Well, yeah. <laughs> like I interviewed uh, Carsters Galore not on the microphone. And Ryan. And so. He's like. No, he's just, he's, okay. just, he's just grazing. No, no, I don't think we need to do. Uh, I don't think I want to interview anybody else off mic. Daniel's probably like, why is Roger interviewing somebody on the show? He's not even on when the guy's not even on a microphone. That's fair. That's he's fair. probably just going to edit this completely out of the episode. Probably. He's like, you know what? Roger sucks. We're just going to take this out. I wouldn't blame him. Save the podcast. Save, Save Wasted. Yeah. And, of course, Gurus of Gaming is brought to you by Mountaineer Tech. Mount, yes, Mountaineer <laughs> Tech. we got to mention them. Uh, they are an awesome sponsor of our show. Awesome technological company. If you need any IT solutions, whether it be, uh, you know, security, uh, malware, computer repair, pretty much anything technological, they're your guys. In fact, they had a, a, an episode of Waste Local Talent not that long ago. They did. It was really good. You should listen to every episode of Wasted. So where can we find Gurus of Gaming? Gurus of Gaming is available on your favorite podcast provider, whether it be iTunes, Podbean, Spotify. You know, we're on all of that. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Gurus of Gaming. You can check us out there. We uh, post on there quite a bit with Facebook Live, one-minute reviews, things like that. Do you have any kind of bonus content? We do have bonus content at our Patreon, which you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Gurus of Gaming. We did a complete relaunch today at the con. So we have brand new tiers. 
Uh, right now, we have a monthly episode of Gurus and Tangents available at the $5 tier. And right, we also have been discussing another product we have in the works that's going to be uh, more bonus content for Patreon listeners that we're going to be trying to get going for the next month or so. Okay, that's excellent. Yeah. So before you ruin the episode anymore, I think we just wrap it up. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to scare the listeners off. Thank you. You're, you're a breathtaking host, by the way. You're breathtaking as well, Roger. Thank you. How do I hit stop on this thing? You, you literally, you hit stop. Oh, okay. Stop. Yeah. There we go. And we're back here at West Virginia PopCon, and we are with a person that's been on, I think, more than anybody else, Jason Lennox. Well, I, I, I know I've been on the podcast, and I'm not even sure how many times. Yeah, you were on last year's episode from PopCon. And then I was on, I, I called in, and I was on a show and interviewed, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yes, this will be the third time. Third time, yeah. So what's been going on with you? Well, the biggest thing that's been going on for the last uh, about seven months is getting our next comic book, Lords of the Cosmos 3, ready to bring out to the world. So uh, I'm excited to say that we'll launch that on Kickstarter on October 12th. Awesome. So it's not ready for just this very minute. We're fine-tuning the video for it. Uh, We're getting some promotional stuff ready, and it'll launch the week before I'm at Baltimore Comic Con. So that's the biggest thing I've been up to, really. Oh, that's awesome. So... This one coming out, you say video, so is it like a, just a promotional video or? Well, the comic book is almost already done, but uh, with any successful Kickstarter, one of the things that really helps drive traffic is having a really good video. video for it. Mm-hmm. So there's a really neat connection on that. Uh, one of uh, our family's friends from when I was a little kid in the 80s, uh, my friend AJ Nutter, he uh, now does videos professionally. And he stepped up to say, I'm going to make you an amazing hype video. So he's actually doing some animation with the art from oh, Lords wow. of the Cosmos. So, That's awesome. So he needs time to get that done this month. But like I said, the plan is that all stars will align and we're going to launch it uh, on October 12th. October 12th. And now, for my own curiosity, mm-hmm. has that spawned any ideas of doing, like, maybe a fully, like, animated version so, of one of the comic books? I uh, I actually talked to a, a woman that does legitimate cell animation about how much that would cost, and I about had a stroke when I found <laughs> out. So, yes, I've thought about it. Yes, I would love to do it. No, I don't no, have the money. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have the money because I approached her about doing a traditionally animated uh, like cartoon intro from the 80s for like 50 seconds. Yeah. And it would have been about $7,000. Which I told her, I said, that okay, that's a fair, that yeah. seems like a fair, and she had written like a four-page proposal, but I was like, I cannot afford that. Yeah. Um, whereas AJ, he's using some, some pretty slick uh, sleight-of-hand things where he can animate stuff, but it's not like traditional cell animation. Now, is he taking like just the art that's already there and using it and working with it? Correct. Kind of like a motion comic. Okay, yeah. Um, it still looks really sweet, but it's definitely not like hand-drawn cell animation, which is a whole other level. So, yeah, Lords of the Cosmos would definitely be a good fit for that. So if you have millions of dollars and you want to produce a cartoon <laughs> yeah. you're listening to this, uh, hit me up at, at Lennox Artist on social media. I love <laughs> yeah. to talk about it. So, yeah, no, it would be awesome. But... Yeah. Uh, so how is um, how is one and two done so far? Because uh, I know that we've talked about you know both of them before, but how has it been going over the past I don't, year since the last con? It's been received well, and and it's funny because the fans know there's been a drumbeat. When's the next one? You ended the last one on a cliffhanger. What happens next? What happens <laughs> next? So 
uh, there seems to be a, a slow uh, building groundswell for more, which is why I've tried to focus all my art and creative time and energy to say we got to get this thing mm -hmm. kicked into gear to go. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, working with all the other artists and writers in the book, getting all my obligations done for it, and uh, really just trying to work out kinks and trying to catch problems before we go live. We caught a problem on the cover the other week, so we had to like stop and go back and redo that. So just again, it's it's. It's, uh, it's a lot of moving pieces to get it right, because when we roll it out, it, it's it's like going uh, to like a debutante ball where this is our debut, and we don't want to have things that are, oops, that's wrong, or oops, that's not done, or it needs to be ready to go for people to see uh, when at that time. So at this point, I'm really trying to hide a lot of the stuff and not even show what we're doing to people, because I just want people to be excited when yeah. we roll it out. I think it, now it, you're, you're on your third. I think that's something that you can do now is that you know, people are already ready for it, but you can kind of keep, you know, it, like a little bit of a secret mm -hmm. and make it more interesting and more appealing to people, I think. Well, and, and fans mm -hmm. fans are, are pretty smart in that they want to invest their, their hard-earned money and their time into things that are going to go somewhere. And, and I think, you know, whatever you're doing, whether you guys have your podcast, does it stay on the air? Do you keep doing more? Mm -hmm. It'll encourage people to say, I want to listen to this because they're doing it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I want to be along for the ride. I want to see where it goes. Or, you know, in this case, making comic books, this is issue three. Okay. So now you've, you know, you've, you've, you keep passing, you know, uh, you keep passing uh, mileage markers to say, this is, this is a series you can get on board and enjoy. You can go back and get the old issues. And then at the same time, we've actually started moving ahead with issue four. Oh, wow. So you've already kind of started on the next. Yeah, correct. So issue four is about 30% done. Issue three is about eh, 80, 85% done. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of rolling in sequence at this point. So the Kickstarter, you said October 12th. 12th. How long do those Kickstarters last? Because I, I use, I think the last thing I used was GoFundMe and it was like a 30 day. So you can make Kickstarter, I think, up to 60 days, but I'm just going to stick with the straight 30 days, okay. which is the default. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we picked the date to start it one week before Baltimore because Baltimore is a huge comic book buying crowd. We still needed time to get it ready. Uh, and I got invited to be in the Baltimore yearbook this year, which if you're familiar with that show, they do a yearbook based on a commercial property. So this year, uh, it's a European comic called Black Sad, who's like a cat, who's like a police officer or a private detective. Mm -hmm. And the request was, please uh, put one of your characters with Black Sad. So I drew some of the characters, or a character from Lords of the Cosmos, who's featured in issue three with Black with Sad. And then my bio, I was like, and it'll be on Kickstarter in, November, <laughs> in October. So the whole thing was to, to get it out for a week to kind of get it going. Because mm -hmm. the first day those things launch, it's a lot of just have your coffee, get a shower, and then you're going to sit and you're going to just relentlessly pound this thing for oh, like yeah. 10 straight hours. So mm -hmm. I wanted to get that done when I was at home. Have a, have a week for it to be online and get some support. And then when I'm at a show of that size to be promoting it on site yeah. with the Baltimore yearbook saying, what is this character? And like to, to generate more conversations about you should back it while you're here and everything else. So that was kind of the, uh, the thought, but it'll go 30 days. So, uh, it'll, it'll run, uh, you know, it'll run till I believe, uh, the 11th of November then. Okay. Cool. And how much just again, from my curiosity, how much does it cost like to produce like, because obviously you have, mm -hmm. you know, the the artwork and everything there. How much does it cost to like to produce like a comic book in like a, a mass producing essentially? So to to get everything made, because not everything's for free. There, you, I can't do everything. So you sometimes you have to pay people to come in and do things for you, which is very fair. Uh, and then you have to get it printed. I use a company called Reddit Comics in Arizona uh, for a book like this. Uh, 
I would, off the top of my head, I think it's going to cost about $2,500 to actually make it. To make it. And then you have to add in some money for fees and things like that. And then obviously, you know, you want to put a couple bucks in your pocket, yeah. you know, for, oh, yeah. for your time. So we set the goal at $4,000. Uh, Kickstarter is a very interesting thing. This will be my 10th Kickstarter. And Kickstarter, there is a crazy truth to it that it will measure how popular you are. Uh, where, huh. you know, you might see a comic book creator that's been a 30-year industry vet that's done high-profile things. They'll say, I want $60,000. And they'll get it mm-hmm. because they've done 100 books for Marvel and 200 books for DC and they've done 2,000 conventions and they've earned that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've pegged my popularity in that four to $5,000 range because um, if you don't hit your goal, you don't get anything. Yeah. But then you'll see people that'll say, hey, I want $25,000. I've never done anything. And, and they get like two pledges. Yeah. So you have to really understand like what your value is to the public and how mm-hmm. popular you are and try to gauge it correctly. And you also don't want to have to make yourself work too hard. Yeah. Last time <laughs> yeah. we asked for $4,000, we got like $5,300. It, it wasn't too much stress on me. So that's why I'm going to see shoot the same. Maybe we get eight. You, you don't really know, but you don't want to try to get, hey, we want to get $15,000 because it's like, are you really that popular? Probably not. Yeah. And it's, it's, you have to have a very honest conversation with yourself to say, what, what am I to the public? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we get more than last time, but I just set it at four. At four? Yep. That's not bad. Didn't want to get greedy. Yep. Didn't want to set my goal too high. Uh, I wanted to try to make it an easier goal to get. And, and again, who knows? Maybe we get some good press. Maybe it tests fire. Maybe we get six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for people who have never done like a, you know, any kind of fundraiser like that, like Jason said, if the goal's not met, None of the money, because it, I, I believe Kickstarter is the same as like GoFundMe. Like you get nothing. You, you get you get nothing, and the people who pledge, it actually doesn't come out the day of that you pledge. Well, they yeah, so it doesn't go to the end. So you could say I, I pledge, you know, fifty dollars to Lords of the Cosmos three, and if it doesn't fund, you'll get a thing saying you weren't billed. This didn't fund. Yeah, yeah. Now I noticed uh, my band did a the GoFundMe to do our music video, and if if it's pledged above the amount, and I don't know if Kickstarter does this. But we pledged, I think we had over, we asked for 500, we did 550, we got 550 in pledges, and then some of them didn't clear. So it was under the 500 mark, but we still got the money because it was pledged over that. Right, they'll bill you on that, or you won't get that, they they won't penalize you if, again, that you, let's say $75 a year's folded and it went to 475, Mm -hmm. you'll you'll get less. So so they do do take into consideration, because that's not your fault. Yeah. But yeah, I've done it ten times, and it's it's interesting. And, and again, it's it's like a, an honesty uh, sensor that it's like, how popular are you? My first Kickstarter was for a thousand dollars in two thousand twelve, and you know, I and I got to I got like twelve hundred dollars, and I've just you kind of earn. Mm-hmm. You're at shows like this, you spend time on podcasts, you, you you shake hands, you kiss babies at shows, you, you build a mailing list, you know, people discover you on social media, and and it, in a lot of ways, doing this is like running for office. Oh yeah. I mean, you're like, I'm running for the Morgantown, West Virginia prothonotary. Can I shake your hand? Yeah. And you have to get out and, you know, wh- why me? Why give your $20 to me? And, you know, and, and that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy it. I really like Lords of the Cosmos, and it's gotten such a positive reception. I think this will be a fun Kickstarter. Um, I'm going to be talking tomorrow at 2 o'clock uh, about it at the crowdfunding panel here at West Virginia PopCon, and I will have a sneak peek of the Kickstarter, so if you want to slip by and take a look yeah, at it. I'm probably going to come over to that. We, we, have, we have it all in its beta form, yeah. so the Kickstarter lets you see. You, we can look at it. We can go in and edit it and change it and look at it. Uh, so if you do come to the panel, I will show, show it to you because you can see like some of the new art and graphics. Uh, the video is not in it yet, but I have a little snippet of that somewhere in my messengers. 
So it's, it's good stuff. I'm excited for it. Yeah, thanks. I like, I like the one that you sent us over, and I'm excited for this one. And we'll have to get you back on for whenever um, it comes out, or even during the Kickstart, if you want to call back in. Yeah. Do a uh, full episode. Let's, uh, you know what, if we even plan that out while I'm here, I mean, we know the dates. It'll be from October 12th to November 11th. Mm -hmm. So if we want to pick a date in there, because it'd be cool to get on and have a little promotion during it to get, you know, to get your listeners. You know, again, Mm -hmm. they can check it out and decide if they like it or not. But we should do that, especially since we know the dates with some time to think about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other interesting stuff I've been working on... uh, I had two pretty pretty interesting commercial clients this year. Uh, I did work for Virgil Abloh, the fashion designer, his uh, music. I did album cover art for him. Hmm. I, don't, uh, I don't know if I've ever heard of him. He's the guy that owns Off-White, the fashion brand. He's also okay. the men's director for Louis Vuitton Global. And oh, he's really? Kanye West creative director. That's pretty big. That's awesome. So, And I did some work for him for some clothes that we had in a runway show in Paris earlier this year for his spring-summer 2019 line. Uh, and then I did work uh, for a lady in Seattle called Lady Vi, who is a professional lifestyle dominatrix, and I did a portrait for her house. Of her, uh-huh. she she demolished part of her house to build a church uh, for herself. Is that the one you were telling us about on the podcast? The I think so. Yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. the the churches? Was it the Church of Satan? Uh, was that that one, or was well, that? I've done a lot. Well, I had some art uh, in a book called uh, Devil's Reign Four, which is a book by Hal Tattoos. And that was, I think, sponsored by the Church of Satan. Mm. Um, what, what was the... I, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain because you were talking about somebody who had a church um, that you did work for, mm-hmm. but I thought it was like a... Uh, or maybe, maybe was the art um, like the uh, stained glass style? There's a huge stained glass in it. That's, that's okay. That's what I'm thinking of then. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so that's all done. That was interesting. Uh, and then, you know... After Lords of the Cosmos 4, which we'll bring out next spring, my goal is to put all my energy into getting the Satanic Coloring Book, which everyone keeps asking about, and get that going. Uh, and the sad thing is, Satanic Coloring Book's about done now, but I don't want to push it in the way of Lords of the Cosmos and steal that thunder, because you want to try to keep your focus as a small self-publishing person one thing at a time. So, Lords of the Cosmos 3, Lords of the Cosmos 4, and then I will shift gears to the Satanic Coloring Book, which, again, everyone just seems to... We want the Satanic Coloring Book, so it's coming. Yeah. I remember I was talking about that, and because that, that's what looped me back around to the church, thinking, like, maybe you could get that coloring book into the church. <laughs> well, yeah. no, it was funny. When I did that for Lady Vi, I remember I said, hey, uh, so I kind of am trying to close the loop on this coloring book project, like Satanic Coloring Book, and I was like we're going to have a ton of line work for your project. I'm like, would you care if we put your art in the coloring book? And she said, I would be extremely angry at you if you didn't. If you didn't. (laughs) So I was like, okay, so her art will be in the coloring book and we can go check it out afterwards if you want to go see it. Yeah, we we have it over there. But yeah, no, so, you know, Virgil's been an awesome client. He's a really cool guy. And, you know, Lady Vi's been, you know, equally cool and awesome. And uh, I'm blessed just to have some really cool clients and to have, you know, a finger in some of those different, uh, you know, worlds of art. And, and But I, I always like, kind of like to come back to my, my comic book weirdness, which always morphs back to about a 1979 cartoon heavy metal magazine vibe. Um, so that's kind of my happy space. Good. Is there anything else you going on? Uh, well, <laughs> I'll be at Harrisburg Comic Con in two weeks, and then I will be at Baltimore Comic Con on October 18th, 19th, and 20th in Inner Harbor. And uh, if you want to see me this weekend, I'll be at West Virginia PopCon here at Milan uh, Center, uh, right outside of Morgantown. And uh, my social medias are Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Lennox Artist. Uh, my website is jasonlennox.com. And I'm on Facebook at uh, 
Jason Lennox Illustrator on Facebook, and you can check out my Etsy store at uh, Lennox Art Emporium. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we're going to schedule a time to get on and promote the mm -hmm. Kickstarter, and uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming back over. Love it, man. Thanks yep. for having me on. No problem. Ooh. All right. I'm here at PopCon with Mr. David Alex Knapp. Hello. How do you want to go? Alex, David? Go with Alex. Alex? Yeah. Or any you heard guy if we're going to do a shameless plug. Do it. Plug on, it up. On uh, Twitch and YouTube on occasion. Do a little streaming. But yeah. So I've not ever seen this get up before. No? But it's, uh, it's a lot. Did you do any of it yourself or was this a... Uh, Define myself. I, I did not produce any of it, no. Okay. <laughs> Is it all like a set or did you piece it together? No, I pieced it all together. So the gauntlets were from a dealer at the uh, Maryland Renaissance Festival. Um, can't think of any of their names right now except for the people who made my boots. The pauldron, I actually have the other pauldron, but it is in need of repair. I couldn't find my replacement rivets. Um, different vendor, again, Maryland Renfair. And the boots are Son of Sadler, which makes some awesome boots for any occasion, whether it be a convention or a motorcycle ride. Um, they were not cheap, though. I, think the I don't boots, imagine most of it is cheap. Well, I, I, the leather alone is about $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pants were, no joke, like police surplus. And this was like a thrift store. So that was probably not that expensive. No. The rest of it was like less than 100 Yes, the giant red R on the back was, it had started life as a T-shirt. And then uh, the lovely Mrs. Knapp here, who's cameoing an Eevee that I pilfered, uh, did her best with a needle and thread and put it on the back. So... Now, what, are you like a rocket boss? No, I, I envisioned it as like the dragon hunters of Team Rocket. I called it, I, I was going to do, it, it's not quite done yet. There's more that goes to it because I want a big like standard flag that you carry on a staff that says like Dracon unit or something like that. You know, big, big red dragon on there. And, and we are the guys that specifically go out on our own and are away from everything for years at a time, hunting down your Dratini, your Salamance, your Rayquaza. You know, you don't see much. That's why it comes with the face mask and the goggles, which I'm not wearing anymore because they were fogging up. So it's like a Monster Hunter meets Pokemon. Kinda, yeah. It's very, I can see that. very, you know, edges of the world, away from civilization, sort of a get up. And maybe a hundred years in the past. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> is this your first time coming to PopCon? To PopCon, yes. Yeah. What do you think? It's not bad. Not bad no. at all. Um, it, I was I was shocked to see how big it is, and uh, it looked great online. Even when we looked it up, uh, it's it looks like it's got some serious promise. Yeah, I think there's like a hundred and some vendors here, okay. something like that. Yeah, it's a pretty good bit. Yeah. I know my sister's raving about the one down in Charleston, but from now on, I'm going to be like, hey, you should like come up and see this one too, because any excuse to go cosplay. And then they even hike out to the Columbus for one. I don't know why. That's four hours for... <laughs> I mean, if you're going to stay the whole weekend, maybe. I think. I yeah. think that's what they were doing, was they were going to, to, I think it's Colossal Con, but I think they moved it up to Sandusky even. So maybe go to Cedar Point and do it. That'd be two and one. Yeah, but no, no, we're here to plug PopCon, not not the others. Should not even say their names. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about well, whatever. Ed, edit yeah. that out in post. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't edit this one. No? No, not really. Okay. We'll go over it, make sure there's nothing in here that can't be in here. And 
That's pretty much it. F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that can be in here. That is in here. I can guarantee you it's in here. Son of a... Yeah. So, the race this morning. Oh, we should God. touch on that I don't briefly. Wanna, I don't want to... Formula he, on. He did a stupid... He did I don't a, know. Your boy did a dummy. Listen, but he was not my boy after, like, Bahrain, all right? Yeah. Uh, he's I'm, done a lot of dummies this year. I am full on Kimmy right now. And I want to point something out yesterday. The internet showed it to me, but after seeing it, it makes perfect sense. So Kimmy wrecks in qualifying, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see what he wrecked into? The wall? Yeah, but like what was on the wall? No. It was the word drink. <laughs> Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what, I, what I loved about that crash is like, it's such a Kimmy thing. Um, and I, I think you could very easily miss it, but like, Normally, you see drivers crash or, you know, uh, GP riders crash, and uh, they're always very animated, you know. They're very upset that they've crashed. They're very irritated. They're throwing their hands up in the air. They're flinging gloves, you know. Kimmy just gets out and just, like, walks off. Yeah. Doesn't even really look at the car. Just, like, gets out, doesn't really say anything. He starts rock walking the wrong way. You can see the marshal, like, corralling him away from the track. Because, you know, man on track with 200-mile-an-hour cars is not a recipe for success, I'm sure. And he just doesn't look concerned at all. Well, I'm sure they put him in the truck, and it's like, all right, Kimmy, to the bar? Yeah. (laughs) Where where to? But, yeah, you've got uh, Charlie LeCluck. Oh, God, Shirley LeClaire. Shirley LeClark, whatever we're going to go with. I mean, he's... He looks promising. He looks great. He looks very promising. Unflappable. Uh, literally had every single thing that Mercedes could throw at him today. Made one mistake. Two. I made two. What uh, was the second one? The second one... I know he blew that one chicane. He blew that which, chicane. Which, uh, I mean, it was a mistake, but he, he recovered very well. Right. He also... Um, there was a very questionable exit of the Ascari chicane, that second chicane before you get to the, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That was whenever Hamilton closed up on him. Yes. Yeah. The, the second time, mm-hmm. and then he still, they couldn't catch him in the straights at all. So. I, I thought he looked awesome. Um, I didn't think that he needed a warning for the move that he put on Hamilton. Personally, I can, I can see it both ways. I mean, it is the, the written rule states that you are not allowed to make moves under breaking interns, which is exactly what he did. Well, I mean, when he when Hamilton went off track. Yeah, no, yeah, in going yeah. into turn four, you see him just edge him out, and, and but he's on the brakes. He's sliding to the left under braking, and he puts Hamilton onto the grass. Yeah, and I mean, to me though, Hamilton's trying to go around the outside. Yep. Leclerc was ahead of Hamilton yes, he was. by at least half a car. Not at that point. More like a well, wheel. Okay. Yeah. Either way, he's in the corner first. Yes, he is. And he's trying to get to the racing line. Yes. He has the corner. It's his line to take. It is. It is Hamilton's responsibility as the driver behind to give up that racing line or go off track. He, he, he chose. And he went off track. <laughs> he chose the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even think it needed a warning. I thought that was stupid that they gave him the black and white warning flag. It would have been stupid had they said, okay, take a trip through the pits or have yeah. a five-second time penalty. I'll take the black and white flag. If yeah, I mean, I prefer that to a penalty, but in my opinion, I, I didn't think anything that he did there was wrong. Let's be honest. This entire weekend has been 
shenanigans. I mean, oh, absolutely. Qualifying yesterday. That was a, what? What? Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that <laughs> for a quick second. What was that? <laughs> what was that? Gone. Go ahead. After you. No, no. Like really, I insist. And then Carlos Sainz is just like, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> do you think they're gonna do a NASCAR thing? Because NASCAR had the same problem earlier this season. Right, and I remember they 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 enacted a rule. What did they do? Because I don't know what that rule is. So theirs was a little bit more drastic in the fact that uh, they had an entire qualifying session where no one made a lap. Right. Like the entire session, no one made a lap. Um, Which is, you know, obviously worse than what happened with Formula One. Sure. But they basically made a rule where, like, and I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's it's something that, like, forces drivers to have to be out on the field. Okay. Um, I don't think they'll go that crazy with it because these are very I don't, specific. I don't think off of one time right. that they're going to do anything. Maybe they'll go have a conversation with the teams individually and say, hey, listen. Oh, they all got summoned to the stewards. Don't like right do after that. qualifying. Okay. Everybody right. that yeah. was out on the track, get into the office, yeah. come take your beatings. But it really, in Formula One, there's only three tracks the whole season where you would even have tub, that option. Where that's really that's important. Bahrain, Spa, mm-hmm. and Monaco. Every other track, it, it is less advantageous for the toe, less advantageous for the slipstream, and you're not going to have well, yeah, that level you end up just overheating, right? Uh, at Austria, yes. Yeah. At Austria, you just blow up the engine. Yeah. Um, next race, I don't think it's this coming weekend. I think it's another two-weekend uh, fair. Singapore. I hate Singapore. I hate Singapore. Is it a Mercedes track? Oh, it's worse. It is a night race. I think it's the second to last or the last night race of the year. Um, Singapore does this thing where it rains. But it's not the fun kind of rain where you get in Germany. It's the agonizing kind of rain where everybody crashes out and nobody wins and everybody just goes slow for like 70 laps. It's a ridiculously technical track. Is it that kind of rain where like it's too wet for intermediates but it's not really wet enough for rain? No, it's a monsoon. It's Singapore. Oh, oh, it's oh, monsoon okay. season in Singapore and it's they're like, like let's put a Formula One race here. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's a ridiculously technical track. It's right angle turns. There's not a lot of straights. And then you had, like, I think it was 2017 when Kimmy was still on Ferrari. You've got Ferrari 1 2 or Ferrari 1 3. Mercedes is in there. No, Max is in there. Max Verstappen was the second place starter. And you've got Kim, Kimmy, and Seb coming around Max Verstappen out of the front straight. And they collapsed in on each other. Oh, they to hit try each other? Oh, they pincered the front of Max oh, and then God. went to each other. All three of them were out. And you just see Lewis Hamilton in the back going, ha, 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 in typical Lewis Hamilton fashion. And it just, it's infuriating. So hopefully, hopefully this year it won't be that bad. Okay, now hang on. Pause the race talk. What is that? That's Silent Hill. That's Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, pyramid Head? That sword is absurd. Yeah. He's not going to cut anyone with that. It's Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. I've never played Silent Hill. Yeah. But that sword is, I mean, Nightmare Sword on on Soul Calibur is absurd. I mean, it's pretty much in that vein. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. God, we're nerds. Yeah. Well, (laughs) on that note, we'll close this out. Sure. Before this whole thing just becomes about racing. Y'all don't tempt me. Thanks for being on, man. Absolutely, man. See you later. There you go. Sorry, that's my fault. Hey, you just yeah. tried talking. Anyway.
Yeah, you yeah, there we go. All right, that's take my... two. All right, we recorded this, so it's not going to be as good a second time. I'm Josiah. We only recorded one mic last time, but I think we cut him out, which is perfect. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so who am I here with? Uh, I'm Nick. I'm the general manager of Parker Google Video Games. And I'm Matt. I'm the marketing manager here at Cartridge's Game Video Games. And it's your fault that this broke last time. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. We'll take, I'll take the blame on that. So, we we had an excellent interview. A good solid, like, ten minutes worth of talking. Do you think we can recreate that? Uh, I believe in that. Oh, we okay. got this. Tell me about your store. So, we are a local chain of video game stores. We have nine locations in Central Pennsylvania, Eastern Western Maryland, and Northwestern uh, West Virginia. We uh, buy, sell, and trade video games from all areas, everything from the Atari and the food division up to the Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said last time, which none of you will ever hear, the Nintendo 64 section over there was pulling up my nostalgia heartstrings with some of the games going all the way back to WWF No Mercy. I'm a big WWE fan, so to see something like that, that just that warmed my heart. Yeah. I'm kind of getting back into it a little bit. Like pro, pro wrestling? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I could talk about that for hours, but nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so, I asked you guys last time, what is your favorite, what is the best video game console, or video game yep. of all time? I said Nintendo 64 is the best console. I would agree with that, and I would say Mario Party 2. Uh, I would say the Super Nintendo is the best console of all time, and the best game of all time. And then I said Fortnite, and you guys did not like it. So I, I changed my answer to Mario Kart, which is definitely the most fun game of all time. Anybody, uh, we introduced my four-year-old nephew how to play it. He's absolutely terrible, but he loves that. He likes to get the boxes and just banana. He, he'll just, like, drive back and forth and have a little banana pot. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what he likes to do. Yeah, it, it is really cool to uh, use up with my to be able to connect with people of your own age and but also to connect with the younger generation and help them with their I knew it too. It's almost one for Yeah, okay. That's We're frustrated. That's definitely. This is the hardest game I've ever played. You have to beat it before you can have ice cream. Absolutely. All right, so uh, you're opening a store in Fairmont. We are, November 1st. We're breaking ground in Fairmont. Which is exciting because I'm going to be there. And who knows, I might look up a Nintendo 64 game. Or are, 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 are our owners looking at me? I better behave. Okay, he's good. He's good. Okay, we're we'll we'll walking away. Mike, yeah. <laughs> that was close. Alright, where can we find you guys on all social platforms? So we have a little bit of everything. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we also have a website. Uh, we also even have like uh, Amazon and eBay as well. Uh, we didn't say that last time, but um, you can find us on all Facebook pages. We have every store has their own Facebook page. Our Instagram, our Twitter, our company together. And you can also go on our website to buy stuff or our Amazon or eBay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And... This, this part was probably not as good as last time. We definitely, no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> it, it's so good to have you guys on. Thanks for, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you.